Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Can you hear me? Welcome to Shrink Chat. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. This is Shannon and Kathy with Shrink Chat. (laughs) Yes, I press record. It's getting hot out there. Oh, my God. It's It's getting hot out there, and I run hot. It's hot. (laughs) And it's hot in here in this room. It's because I'm in here. I have a... (laughs) I have a fan, but obviously that would mess with the sound. Do you see my shirt? Uh, uh, it's a ET it's a shirt. It's, it's like a, it's a wife beater ET shirt. Well, it's not a wife beater, first of all. <laughs> it's a t-shirt that I've cut up because it's hot out. <laughs> she got offended that I call it a wife beater. It's a totally politically incorrect statement, and I love it. All right. I like it. I like the colors. It's like um, it's, black or gray. It's like the old cover box. And brown. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like an artist's rendering of it. I like it. I like it. I love that movie. Cool, man. I mean, my cat is named after one of the characters. It's true. Gertie. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you doing, lady? I'm... Oh, that's loaded. Okay. I'm good. I have a lot of feelings today that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Um, Should we I'm, start with your feelings? Well, or? I mean, I'm just kind of ready to get back to life a little bit. And I, I think yeah. a lot of people are. I mean, I think yeah. that's why we started seeing the the expression of that frustration and physical protests and such recently. Yeah. Um, which I don't condone, but that's no. probably like part of what people are happy like the that like I've got to act somehow. Well, I feel like anything in extreme is going to cause. A ruckus. And so I think, unfortunately, and I know you and I have talked about both being in the middle of the road around this and why it's so important to be is when we do anything in extremes, here's the consequence. When we're just sheltering, we're going to get the other side who's going to come out with swastikas and armed assault rifles where it's like, hey, guys, can we maybe like find something right in the middle? Yeah, the opposition. It's like, you know, most and I've said this to clients before, but most of us have a little bit of leftover oppositional defiant disorder from childhood. Um, There's lots of traumas that happen in teenage land. And so we emotionally hold on to the opposition a little bit. And um, this is obviously to the extreme. I'm not saying that that's all they're dealing with. Uh, It's just breaking out rebellion, um, frustration, inability to handle their own mental health symptoms. Cause I get it. I've had weeks where I'm like, okay, I, I'm really not feeling good or I'm really feeling frustrated or agitated or, you know, all of the little things that come along with it. And when it's exciting to go to the grocery store. Yeah, it's real. I finally, finally am going back myself mm-hmm. and it was so exciting, mm-hmm. especially when I turned down the aisle and I saw toilet paper uh-huh. and realized that the people who were shopping for me were overlooking a lot of the stuff that I wanted that they said were they were out of was actually there and didn't maybe want to search a little bit harder, which is fine. They're stressed and they've got a lot going on, but it felt really good to go back to the markets and there's no line, at least in this area, there aren't any lines anymore to get in. I think people are starting to realize like, Hey, you know, we can calm down. Mm -hmm. Um, I want, I know we're going to do trivia first. You want to get it out of the way or? Well, I mean, we don't have to, I know we usually do just because 
there is a big mental health piece um, that I'd like to talk about around this whole okay. middle of the road thing. So maybe we do the trivia and then yeah, move into go that. For it. Yep. All right. So I needed some of you guys to wake up around trivia last week and I clearly it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling about the trivia game these days? Well, I mean, I gave you guys the answer mm-hmm. when I read the question last week and I just wanted to see if anyone would be like, didn't you say the answer in the question? Cause I did. <laughs> And I just, I did, no that, one did. I did that intentionally to see if anybody was like, wait a minute, but no. Yeah. I, um, feel like, I feel like there's like five people. Yeah. We might have to change this up a little bit, but the question was, um, and it was under the night of the living dead post, which horror film was one of the first films to graphically depict violent murders on screen, as well as one of the first to have a black person as a main character. Well guys, it was night of the living dead. <laughs> um, just thought, yes, it was. see if anybody was paying attention there, but <laughs> no. Um, but I do have some trivia this week. I guess we can do it. And then maybe, you know, you and I think of a different game because. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's, let's have a 60 second conversation about this because, um, I feel like there's four or five people that do the trivia really regularly. And then we have like intermittent random newbies yeah yeah and then there'll be like an intermittent person that'll be listening to the show and just feel inspired to answer and i love that so i i you know even though the interaction is minimal i i like that interaction i i want to have interaction (laughs) um it's just that like i see the numbers and i know that we have a lot more listeners than five so (laughs) i'm like Maybe people don't just give a shit about the... Maybe they don't. <laughs> they just don't give a shit about the trivia. But we're going to do a couple more because I know you've prepared. Well, and, and then- you know, I'll be honest with you. Some of it to me is just fun facts. Mm-hmm. So whether people play or not, like some of the stuff that I find, like the bee stings for mm-hmm. Candyman, like that's a fun one. So maybe that, um, maybe we, maybe it's us as we do, like reconnoitering our perspective on what our like expectation is of it. And then it's just like a fun thing. And if people want to answer, they can. Yeah, and you know? then it's no big deal. Okay. And then I, I would like discontinue the prize portion. Because I actually like looking these up. I think they're kind of fun. So this one is, um, would we would be, if you feel like you want to answer it, you can post it under the answer under the It's Alive post on March 6th on Instagram. Um, so the question is, the film was, a re- this film was originally banned when released in Finland. This film is also considered a benchmark in special makeup effects. This, the one that I'm looking for, is version is a remake, and the original was made nearly 45 years before. What movie is this? Okay. So originally banned in Finland, really known for its benchmark for makeup effects. It's a remake, and the original was made 45 years before. Okay. What movie is this? <laughs> I have some guesses, but I'm not going to guess. Because okay. <laughs> I do think that the uh, five people that play would probably want to. Uh, we'll know, give them a chance to see if they give a shot. an answer. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking that if we just change our like mental perspective on the trivia, um, like I'll just discontinue the sort of prize portion of it and we'll just make it an interaction thing. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I kind of want to go back to this piece around mental health and what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I know I've said this before, but my disclaimer here, and I just want to reiterate this is I acknowledge this is a real thing. Um, so what, what, what the is, pandemic, 
You know, oh, I, I acknowledge we're, that this we're is, moving into Kathy's COVID corner. Yeah, COVID corner. Um, <laughs> I acknowledge that this is a real thing. I really, really do. However, we are starting to learn that the CDC has done things like marked everyone who has died with the COVID death. We're starting to realize that a lot of people's deaths were misdiagnosed, whether that was due to error, political agenda, it doesn't really matter. Things are starting to surface. And a lot of, I think they changed the death toll in Italy from 54,000 down to 11,000 after they did autopsies and realized that um, people may have died with it, but there were a lot of other conditions. So it's been hard to differentiate if those numbers are correct. So there's that piece. Um, but people are going to die from this and people have died from it. Um, I think for me, it's really important as a clinician, as a mental health professional to also bring up people are dying from domestic violence. People are dying from suicide. People are relapsing in DCFS and child protective services and law enforcement. And I know this personally because I know people who are in law enforcement. Um, they have been working nonstop as first responders as the DVs has gone up. That is a major concern for me when we when we don't have an exit strategy. Um because those lives matter too. So this is the middle of the ground piece. Middle ground piece, I think, for me is, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce this doctor that I found. Um, ironically, a friend of mine was waiting in line at one of the markets up here on Topanga Canyon and ran into his son and they were talking. But his name is Dr. Lane Rowling, R-O-L-L-I-N-G. He is a global pathogenic virologist and a microbiologist. No political agenda. This guy has been around for a long time, doing a lot of really great work. And I just wanted to read a couple things off of a um, live broadcast that he did with his daughter a couple nights ago, um, where he just presented facts. Just presented facts about... Um, he's worked all over. He's worked in Africa. He's worked in... South America, he's like, I've seen viruses so bad that I've watched people's jaws like rot right off their face. He's like, I've seen some of the, the worst of the worst. So these are some of the, the, the takeaways from like an hour. Um, he talks, he says, everyone in the population needs to be exposed to build immunity. It's the only way to actually get herd immunity. Um, a vaccine is not the answer at this time and really should not be the short-term goal based based on the fact that the virus has already mutated to 33 strains. So if we create a vaccine, he's like, there. this is his point of view, by the way. He says a vaccine is never going, there's never going to be a vaccine for this um, because even if there is, you would have maybe a one out of 35 chances to get the strand that you get infected with. You could also get a strand, uh, you could get COVID-19 and a month later get COVID-21. And then a month later, get COVID four. Yeah. So in a colloquial way, what I what I would say is like everyone, you guys listening, like you kind of know this, right? Because what you've been seeing in the news is lots of different articles and listening to lots of different personal accounts of the virus and how originally, I mean, it's always in the lungs. I mean, almost always, but now it's not always in the lungs and sometimes it's intestinal and sometimes it's your head and right. sometimes it's a sneeze. So colloquially setting aside science for everybody who's average, like, 
you already kind of know this because you've been seeing all these personal accounts with total variety of symptoms. Mm -hmm. So you already kind of know, like it's a bunch of different things now. It's a bunch of different things. And in fact, um, it's not a direct, it's actually not a respiratory disease. It can move there. So a friend of mine who's immune compromised, she has to take immunosuppressive drugs every day. She called her doctor in Mayo at Mayo Clinic. And he said, listen, you're actually one of the safest candidates to get this because you take immunosuppressive drugs, which opens up the capillaries in your chest. Um, so that's what they give COVID patients when it moves into the chest is immunosuppressive drugs. So the reason why this is relevant is people who hear if you're immune, if you have, if you're immune compromised, not everyone who's immune compromised will be affected by this. If you have diabetes, heart conditions, those people tend to be more um, at risk because it actually affects the kidneys and other organs more so than than the actual um, lungs, although clearly it goes there. Um, he also says the virus will be around till 2022. It will go through three waves before things are totally normal again. So this is an, another reason why we have to think of how long do we shelter in place. Um, and what he says about that is if we are only sheltering, um, and by the way, his view is not to open up the country. He's That's not what he's saying. He's saying gradual reentry. Um, but what he's also saying is if it's if we don't get out at all, our immune systems will begin to drop because we need to be exposed to germs. We can't just be living inside and never touching a germ again. Um, he said the flu vaccine only helps 10 to 15 percent of the population each year. Um, and this this virus is even more difficult um, is because there are actually more strains already. So there's never really going to be a vaccine that works for this. Um, yeah, you would need a vaccine that would cover the majority of these strains, which is pretty impossible. Um, it will be a year round. It will hit all seasons. A third of the infections and deaths are black people. Majority of essential workers are workers of color and many of them cannot get tests. So um, there's a lot of privilege around getting tests. There are people who get tested right away, like professional athletes. And then there are people who are working the front lines who cannot get a test. That's incredibly problematic. Uh, remdesivir only treats the protein in the cell, but as it mutates, it may not work. That's that one that Trump keeps talking that's about. That's the HIV drug. Well, no, Trump was talking about the hydrochloro, blah, mm. blah, blah. This is the one that's used for HIV. Gotcha. Um, but... He said it only treats the protein cell, so we don't know how long it'll actually last. Ibuprofen and Motrin can aspirate and make someone worse if it gets bad into the lungs. I remember they said had. that right at the beginning. Yeah, and then there was some speculation around it. So his whole take on this, a couple of things that he also recommended was, first of all, you want to have a hand sanitizer that's at least 70% ethyl. Um, Purell is going through some investigation right now for false claims. But um, if you are, if you want to be 100% sure, one of the things he said you can order is Hibiclens, which they use in hospitals. And that actually will kill things off for uh, around 24 hours. And you can find it fairly cheap. We just got a bunch of different ones for the house, for the bathroom, for the kitchen. Um, it's spelled H-I-B-I-C-L-E-N-S. He also recommended for pets, um, if you walk your pets and you want to wash the bottom of their feet when they come back, which we do, because if someone spits on the ground while they're running or something, um, you can use hydro hydrogen peroxide 
and just um, use that because if they lick their paws, it won't make them sick like right. alcohol would. Right. Um, but making sure that, you know, you're keeping in mind the bottom of your shoes, the bottom of their paws, you're tracking that in the house. So he's very middle of the road. He's like, this is a real thing, guys, but we have to be realistic. He goes, we need gradual reentry. But, you know, we've got the news blowing stuff up about vaccines. And he's and now, which is really funny because I turned on the news this morning and one of the, the newscasters is like, we may never have a vaccine for this. And it's like, well, no shit. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you. I, I would never trust a vaccine in my body after eight months of testing. Um, so, you know, there's just, this guy's awesome. He's, you know, I know that people are going to have opinions about him well, as well. Even, but. Well, even what he's saying is, is difficult because difficult to ingest for anyone, just like most of the information we get, because it's mm -hmm. like on the one hand, he's saying we're not going to have a vaccine and we all need to get it for the herd immunity but also be careful and wash your pet's feet and, mm -hmm. you know, get, um, and so I think for the general public who maybe can't may or doesn't want to, or doesn't quite understand all of the information, it just feels like a lot of confusion. Mm -hmm. And it's often like what we talk about on here of, well, it's not black and white, it's gray, just right. like humanity, just like psychology. Right. It's a, people tend to think of medicine quote unquote medicine, medical science as a as a black and white thing, but it's right. not. It's a it's an art form. It's a it's a gray area. It's and and there has never been a better, at least in our lifetime, a better representation of the gray. Is it's like, yes, you both have to get it to figure out herd immunity and you have to wash your pet's feet or whatever. Well I think so. what why what he is his whole view is this. We need to keep this slow until there's an antiviral. Because then if people do get it, a treatment, we please. don't have to be as careful because it won't be a death sentence. So um, he's like, if we can prevent mass cases until we have that, let's do that. And then once there, there are antivirals like Tamiflu and all of that stuff, he goes, then if someone gets it, it sucks, but it's, we don't have to get into this panic. We're not having as many people go to hospitals. So I think that's really like, the why he's saying that is we don't yet have that antiviral. Yeah, I mean, I think the news has in some ways, well, I mean, the media. <laughs> I, I, I have a problem because I, I mean, we are part of the media as far as like a podcast and yeah. all that. But as far as news people, I I have a hard time trusting news people anyway. Um, always have. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a big I'm really well. They love chaos and well, drama. I'm really critical of like I just don't believe what they say, and so that helps me actually because then mm -hmm. I can watch all this stuff and not really get freaked out because mm -hmm. I don't believe anything. Mm -hmm. So, so there's that, and that's just my problem. But um, the news has like really made a big thing about the vaccine for a long time, and I've always thought, I what about a like a drug that helps you? I know that, that's what <laughs> that's, I thought that's the whole the time thing. too. I'm like. Yeah. But I would prefer, like, if I get bronchitis every year, which I usually do, I I actually know what to do. Yeah. Like, I, I I'd know, rather put that in an antiviral in my system than a, a vaccine. I know what helps. Yeah. Like, I know what helps. I know, um, yeah. Like, so anyway, I, yeah. I'm just, uh, that's where I'm at with that. So thank you for sharing yeah, that. Yeah. I though. mean, he's just, and if you look him up, I mean, I was he's say, just is done this a something lot of, people can go and look. Yeah. At? It's funny. His daughter, her, his daughter's name is Jordan, J O R D Y N rolling. And she, they, she, I think she posted their, their live cast. He is like 
technology he she's like dad you're a, a genius and you have like five posts on your instagram we need to help you with that he's a really down-to-earth guy by the way too he lives in nevada she lives in new york and the son lives in la which is who my friend ran into um but she posts a lot of his stuff but you can look him up online his instagram is pretty barren because he doesn't really use it. so but. you're gonna like be on youtube looking for his daughter jordy yeah or way? you you can look him up too i mean i don't know if she posted to to okay. youtube but she might be a good way to find him anyway maybe, he's, maybe i'll go look for it and he's then got I'll some good info yeah he's got some good info good middle of the road stuff so i just like to direct the people to it um so yeah. i thanks for that i think um kathy's covid corner is uh you know, coming along. Yeah, you know, I just bring what I can. And I know that there's going to be people who maybe listen to that and go, oh, come on. <laughs> well, they can uh, do that. But that's fine. If they're screaming at their yeah. iPod while they're walking, iPod. Yeah. Well, I don't know who listens to an iPod anymore, but they're screaming at their iPhone while they're on their walk for the 55th time around their neighborhood <laughs> while they're listening to us. I have to say, I agree with you though. If there was an antiviral, I'd be, I'd, I'd be like, all right, if I get it, I would just take that. Like we go back to normal life. Yeah. I would, I would feel real. I, I would feel much more, I would not be thrilled and would <laughs> certainly not want to get it and no. would try to be actively not trying to get it. But yeah. if I, if I felt because like the bronchitis thing for me, like I would be like, okay, I can, you know, yeah. there's something to do because <laughs> although bronchitis and obviously COVID-19 in a much more devastating way than bronchitis, but it's like, it's very miserable, but yeah, I had, I had it once. I don't know how you get it every year. I had it once and it was like, I mean, it's just nonstop. It's so exhausting. Yeah. I mean, like any trauma, you get used to it, <laughs> I guess is all I can say. Yeah. It's like, it's like whatever your reality is, you like. I almost feel like some of those, like bronchitis, strep throat, it's almost like, um, well, I've, I've only had those once in my life, knock on wood. It's kind of like I went to the sick park and I tried that ride and that ride and I'm like, nah, good. I had had that once. So don't need to go back on that. I'll stay in that, my well, side yeah. of the park. I'm good. I don't need, by the way, there's, and we'll talk about this maybe in another episode, but I was watching of what they're planning on doing and how they'll what Disney will look like when it reopens. Oh and all that yeah. Let, let's talk about that next week. Cause that yeah. would be super fun. Um, anyway, <laughs> off sickness as she calls, we're going off sickness. Um, I'm going to pivot towards, you don't want to talk about my allergies cause they're real bad. No, I really okay. don't. <laughs> Maybe next week we could talk about <laughs> Disneyland and allergies next week. Oh my God. They're so bad. <laughs> I know. And I've been seeing that the allergies are, um, Okay, she sucked me back in. I'm pivoting. I'm pivoting away from sickness. Um, I watched some. I watched a couple of t horror type movies. It's it's interesting because there's a lot of horror movies out all the time, but a lot of the ones I end up watching are not strict horror movies. There's a lot of hybrids, right? There's like it's like mm -hmm. the psychological thriller that's got horror elements. Or yeah, whatever. I watched kinda one like, too. I wonder if it was the same one. Kind of like Parasite was that yeah. way like it, it it's a it's really a social socio-cultural thriller yeah with horror elements it's mm -hmm. not really a horror movie mm -hmm. but it certainly gets there at the end there but yeah, um i watched uh the lodge hmm. which is a movie that when i started watching it i was like this seems 
familiar or something, but I did not see it at Sundance, but I guess it was at Sundance a couple of years ago. And that, that's why I recognized like the vibe and the name and stuff. Um, it's interesting. So I would recommend it if you like psychological horror. Um, this is actually, when I got to the end of it, I thought, okay, so this is really a mental illness film wrapped up in a horror genre because it's one of those movies where there's mental illness representation. And so whatever you think about that, you get to make your own opinions, but you you're looking at it from like, it's okay. I'm trying really hard, trying hard not to give it away because it's a really good movie and I think people should go watch it. But what I will say is that I recommend it. It's um, if you like psychological horror, it's more drama and thriller than it is horror. So you not you don't have um, it's more on the ghosty side of things than on like grossness. There's, there's no like grossness. So it's, like scare factor over. Yeah, it's more ghosty. People's heads falling off. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're looking at the horror genre as a, and this is this is like ghost house, not slasher film. So. That's maybe why I like it too. It's because I'm a, a bigger fan of like the creep of ghosts and mm -hmm. um, things that haunt you. If it's done well, ghost movies are actually pretty terrifying. They are. I, the tension of it I like, the, you mm -hmm. know, all of that. So, but what, what I would say, <laughs> I'm going to give a little warning. Um, if you go, if you rent it or, you know, you can download it or watch it places it's available for purchase it's not that old i think it was in the like it's like a couple years old two or three years old uh it's emotional and it's tragic and it's heavy but it's also like that slow that sundancey feel of like that slow tension mm -hmm. character driven but it's um it's base. It's misery. It's it's misery all the way through. You're just miserable. It's not. It starts out miserable, but it's got some. Um, it's thoughtful and emotional. There, you, you totally could cry in it. It's. Uh, uh, it's got some shocking moments. Okay. Did it so, scare you? Um, it startled me certainly. <laughs> it startled me certainly, and then when I got to the end. I was like, wow, that's actually a mental illness film. And I'm going to put it on my little list of mental illness films because <laughs> hmm. I keep a little list <laughs> as you know, I've mentioned before, but anyway, so yeah. Did you watch something? I started watching uh, black as fuck. Okay. That is actually really good. Really? Um, I've I, heard mixed reactions. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I think it's pretty entertaining. Um, I mean, there's not much to say about it other than it's, you know, based on. Well, someone I know said, oh, that they were touting it as like the new Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it's not anywhere near that. Um, it's level. in the same style of that where they're all kind of playing real, okay. you know, and he's playing himself in the whole thing. I just I and I, I think I, you know, it's told from the the daughter's the narrator and she's going away, I think, to NYU. So she's doing a documentary on the family. Mm -hmm. So and she's always. um kind of outsmarting her dad, which is pretty funny. So there's some, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's clever. Like the first few episodes, I'm not that far into it, but cool. it's, it's kept my attention. Having some fun. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've just needed light. I hear you on and that. And I also watched uh, 
on Netflix, Dangerous Lies with Camila Mendez. It's kind of in the top 10. It was okay. I mean, I'll give it like a 7 out of 10. It was entertaining. She's she's on Riverdale. Is um, that a series? No, it's a movie. Okay. And it's just like a suspense thriller. Young couple uh, gets a... Uh, they inherit a house from um, a, an older man that she was caretaking for. And then there's all this these lies and corruption that are um, happening. And then they find themselves in the middle of this, like really kind of um, threatening place uh, gotcha. space. It was, you know, it's one of those where it was like an hour and 30 minutes of your time and kind of fun, but nothing. Yeah. Like maybe know. on in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of on in the background stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like that. And then um, what I've been watching every night as I go to bed, because the first, five seasons I was just a wee little um is Cheers I'm going back and watching oh, I all saw of that Cheers they had them on. yeah and it is it's my god I think it's so funny to go back and watch the episodes that I would have been way too young to remember I was so little but what they were able to get away with and the amount of like patriarchy and like yeah. sexism oh, yes. I mean Diane's getting assaulted every oh, yes. episode sometimes oh, yes. twice and it's hilarious and it's hilarious <laughs> yeah and I just like that we can just watch that and be okay with it well there I was watching um this was another episode that you can tell things have changed where I think it's episode like 10 or something in the first season and Diane loses her cat, her childhood cat. Mm -hmm. And, um, she's like really emotional about it and she gets off the phone and, um, they can hear something's wrong in her voice. And she's like, I'm really upset. And the, the whole bar stops or whatever. And they find out it's the cat. They're like, Oh, why didn't you lead with that or whatever? And they're like all really insensitive about it and how times have change <laughs> and, and her character was really progressive for that time too how intelligent she was how she was able to put sam in his place like she was very progressive oh it was the 80s right but um her her character now would be a regular female lead on a show but at that time it was pretty unheard of and then they have that moment after where sam goes in with her he's like no talk to me about this i want to understand like why this hurt you so badly and then he starts to cry and she's like you're crying he's like no i'm not i'm allergic to cat stories <laughs> but it's funny because the culture has changed around losing a pet and how we would be so confused now if people responded that way yeah I it's think. like animals and sexual harassment it's yeah not, not so funny anymore I no guess. yeah but but it's still such a well done series and coach is fucking hilarious. Well, the and first... I think part of the part of the fun now is that you can see it as a historical time capsule mm -hmm. as instead of like if it was happening now, you'd be like, "Uh, oh. Yeah, if it was happening now, you'd be like, who's writing? But if you can try to see beyond that, um, <laughs> yeah. it's it, it's a good series. It's this it's well, it was just well done. Yeah. Well, they're all very funny people. Well, the care and the characters were it was character driven. It yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You know, and then Woody Harrelson joins later and uh, what's her face when Diane leaves mm -hmm. uh, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, yeah. I started watching Will and Grace recently, the original yeah. one, not the updated season. Like they did another mm -hmm. season at the end. I, and I never watched, well, I, you I know, never like, watched it. I, I watched like maybe one episode or yeah. two episodes or whatever. And um, I feel the same way about gay representation oh, in that. Such an insulting but representation. They're so freaking funny yeah man. i know i know <laughs> it, they are really funny but total tropes well because the women the women aren't portrayed they're they're tropes too yeah. i mean megan Mullally's the gay men but megan is hilarious but she's totally over sexualized mm -hmm. and the main characters 
um, uh, Grace. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that that one. You know, and, Will and Grace. And Will. Of yeah, Grace. Yeah. Grace. Um, she's like neurotic and anxious and totally. I don't know. Yeah, they're all a little bit annoying on their own. Yeah, but together they're hilarious. And Sean Hayes is freaking hilarious. He was, and he's always been hilarious. And I watch his little videos and stuff now, and I think he's hilarious. So. Yeah. But anyway, um, I also. So you guys, hopefully, or maybe you haven't listened to the episode already this week of um, our breakdown of American Horror Story, the newest season, 1984. Well, in order to prepare for that, because I'm ridiculous. I go back and watch like all 10 seasons, nine seasons. No, thank God. I'm not that ridiculous. But um, because we've done some other things with AHS in the last year or so, I was almost caught up. I had not watched um, seven, eight, nine. So I hadn't watched Cult, Apocalypse, and 1984. So I realized, so I go into my Netflix, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch 1984. I go into my Netflix and it gets me because it's got whatever the last episode I watched was, which was maybe like the second or third episode of Cult. And I was like, ah, damn, now I'm going to have to cut it up. Even though my brain knows that each season is somewhat standalone, mm-hmm. I just know that they all they do all kinds of callbacks to things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I have to. So what did I do? You finished Cult? I watched Cult, Apocalypse, and 1984. Apocalypse is a great season. So. <laughs> I think. And the yeah. you know the witches are coming back for 10. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. So so then also I realized that they've um renewed it for like 3 seasons at least. Mm-hmm. So we're in, you know we're going to be in it. So I really did need We're going to be up. in it? No. Oh. <laughs> we as a culture are going to be in I it. I thought you for knew something th- I didn't know. Kathy. Well, maybe. I'm sure that they would call you. My Fitbit's telling me to move. My Fitbit just did that too. Yeah, you see me look z- at it? Z- z- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and so I was thinking about, do you do you know, I'm really asking her this off the cuff, but um, do you have a favorite season or do you, have you I, ever thought about that? Okay, the, the season that got me the most was Asylum. It's the best season. It's my favorite. It's, so that's me too. So like the top is the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Asylum is the best. But I really loved, um, uh, what's it called? The, the Coven. Which, yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's my number 2. It's hard cuz Murder House the very first season yeah. is actually really good. Um I, I did like Freak Show though. Yeah. I think it was just more it was it, there was a creep factor to it. Mm-hmm. The storyline wasn't as good, but Apocalypse is right up there. I would say those are probably my three favorites are Asylum, Coven and Apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. I think my three faves are Asylum, Coven and Murder House. Those are, I think, my three. So what is that, the first three seasons or something? Yeah, and Apocalypse and Murder House really tie together, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm I'm in it in the sense that what I mean by in it and how I meant like we're in it for the next three years or whatever is that they're going to keep making seasons is that kind of like we mentioned on the, the episode we did this week for American Horror Stories, it's like, there's a lot of tropes in the series that I could kind of take or leave, but I'm getting used to them. It's kind of like there were a lot in this one. There's a lot of um, that's on purpose. American though. horror story things that you've come to expect. And I know we talked a bunch about like what those are, so I won't go into it. But um, 
I guess I'm just kind of getting used to it. But I, I will say that the last several seasons have not been like my jam. But I'm because it's like a long term series, I'm just sort of in it and I'll like keep watching it. I, mm-hmm. It may take me six months to catch up or a couple of years to catch up or whatever. But I feel like because we do this podcast, I'll probably be more on it because it's one of the things that's in our culture that's horror driven. I mean, they're not that many, right? Like that are. I- I just think if they would have stopped after Apocalypse, it would have just wrapped up this nice eight seasons all together. I know. But no, they've got, like, they literally did 1984, and now they have three more, I think. So, at least. So, this is one of those things that could be law and order. Could just go on forever. Could. Because people like horror. They could have a special victims unit. I don't know. (laughs) Special horror victims. All the the dead ones, you know, (laughs) come together and make a cast. I don't know. It could happen. It pretty much does. <laughs> um, I also, I'll throw in here um, that I also watched the movie, the Lars von Trier movie, The House That Jack Built, um, which is Matt Dillon. Uh, Uma Thurman has a small part in it. Um, so this is one of those movies that would be, you know, Matt Dillon plays a psychopath, but I would not recommend that you run right out and watch it because um first of all when it when it premiered at con film festival uh people walked out and booed and stuff but that was more like moral indignation which i'm just not a huge fan of with the movies but you know that's me that's my own that's my own shit i'm not like that's reprehensible and walking out of the movie it's like okay it's art it's creativity like you could not like it or like it and you have the ability to walk out on anything you don't like, but like to make it a huge thing. Anyway, so I kind of wanted to be in the know about that. It's several years old or a couple of years old, 2018, I think. Um, so I kind of wanted to see it. Plus, we talk a lot about, you know, psychopaths on the show. So I wanted to see a representation of that. Here's the thing. Um, it's super dull. Yeah. It's a psychopath with OCD and um, just the way it's made. And then there's this whole... Lars type sur- surreal thing that happens sort of at the end where he goes to hell and you know so th- it's got some but I, I'm good with out of the box creative crazy type ideas in movies I'm okay with surreal I don't need things to be linear unfortunately you know this is like a serial killer named Mr. Sophistication who has OCD and it's Matt Dillon who I like um, but it's super dull. There's one, there's a couple of little interesting things in it. They have one conversation about, um, the shadow. That's kind of interesting. Oh, but really? Yeah. Like not on the nose, not like the union shadow, but it's cool. And, um, maybe if we do an episode coming up here on psychopathology, I'll, I'll throw it in there as one of the, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for those of you who might watch the movie, <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend it. It's mm-hmm. pretty damn boring. FYI. Okay. Not like, uh, you know, we need to talk about Kevin or um, Joker or. It's not profound. No. <laughs> it's just dull. It's like one of those movies you're like, ah, this could have actually been really good. Mm. And it's not. So there's that. All right. That's kind of me. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the chat of shrink. Chat of shrink. Okay. That's cool. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You're welcome. I, <laughs> Kathy's welcome. <laughs> um, 
We'll see you next week for Terror Talk on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.